intend to talk about local issues related to drinking water on this podcast. A very on-the-ground view of being a drinking water provider. But there is a huge amount of discussion at the national level about drinking water policy that will affect SCWA customers. Hello, and welcome to Episode 16 of What About Water?, I'm Jeff Sabo, the Chief Executive Officer of the Suffolk County Water Authority, which provides drinking water to approximately 1.2 million residents of Suffolk County, New York. In today's episode, we sit down with the Association of Metropolitan Water Agency CEO Tom Dobbins to discuss drinking water on a national level. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. It's great to be with you. Um, it's it's great to be in this fabulous facility. Uh, and 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 water is such an important topic. I'm glad we're going to talk about that today. Absolutely, we're glad you're here. And really, uh, you know, no better person to sort of talk about uh, drinking water nationally uh, than Tom, uh, who represents an organization made up of how many different drinking water providers? We have about 180. Um, uh, drinking water agencies that service populations of 100,000 or more, uh, and that can range up to, uh, at, at the other end of, of, of the island, you know, New York City, you know, with 5 million customers and, and, and uh, up to uh, smaller, you know, uh, area cities and counties and, and other groups. So we have a full range. We have, you know, Las Vegas and Orange County and and then Erie, Pennsylvania, and Toledo, <laughs> Ohio. So it's a, it's a great range. So the Suffolk County Water Authority has been a member of AMWA for at least the last 13 or 14 years since I've been chief executive. I think there was a break in service there for a while, but prior to that, we were members. Um, but you're really talking about the, you know, the biggest uh, drinking water, public drinking water suppliers in the nation that uh, participate in this organization, and they do this to do what? They associations are made for people to do together what they can't do by themselves or can do more efficiently together than do it by themselves. And so it really is a collaborative group of people. It's a group of thought leaders. It's a group of the leaders of the industry coming together and working on common issues. So one common issue is to educate uh, uh, public policy uh, leaders, uh, members of Congress, um, uh, the EPA, other others, in terms of what are the important issues to for drinking water for utilities for larger utilities. Um, the other is to build coalitions and to educate other you know stakeholders like environmentalists and and cities and and others who are are stakeholders in water and have an interest in water. The second, so it's that education piece. The second is very similar, and that's knowledge sharing. And so our members come together and talk to each other and share best practices. So we try to avoid is each utility having to reinvent the wheel. And so they can share best practices with each other. So I, you nailed it right on the head, and I appreciate that that summary. 
I have found the organization to be most useful uh, for just those reasons, right? You want to hear from your peers, uh, organizations that may be a step or two ahead in some, you know, for in, in one particular area and learn those be- best practices and then bring them back to your organization. And then I think also the work that the organization does to keep its members informed about regulatory changes and legislative changes that are either in the works or being implemented throughout the country. I think the organization has been a tremendous resource to keep all of the members, whether you represent uh, Suffolk County, New York City, LA, Chicago, you name it, but sort of at the forefront and being part of that dialogue as decisions are being made. It's really important. Yes. And, and, you know, obviously as we go along in, in a regulatory framework and Drinking water is highly regulated, as it should be, and and you are constantly working to you know keep your water at the highest standards. And and of course, our science is evolving, our environment is evolving. So you constantly have to look at new challenges, understand those under and, and understand them in the regulatory framework. And our role is to help you keep your customers, you know, safe. And, and well taken care of. And as you do, again, the standards for water are so high and, and customers should, should have confidence in their water. And that's another issue that I hope we can talk about, Jeff, is trust in water and why your customers should trust their water. You know, let, let, let's talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's on the list of things that we'd like to discuss. Um, you know, trust in water, trust in the provider, uh, knowing the source, knowing what uh, agencies like the Suffolk County Water Authority test for and remove from drinking water so that when you turn on the tap, it meets all standards. You know, that's something that, that we're certainly very proud of here. Um, but, you know, if we just take a couple of steps back, uh, you know, it wasn't always that way. You know, you had uh, over the last several years some incidents throughout the country that sort of brought uh, a lot of negative attention to drinking water, like Hoosick Falls, New York, uh, Flint, Michigan, and other areas. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi, maybe most recently, that received a lot of a lot of national attention, and uh, I think it's good to bring attention to it because it shows that there's there was a, a deficiency in how things were being done, so that ev- it allows everyone else to sort of understand that they need to do better, right? They need to do better, not only the, the providers but also the regulators, right, and those that uh, provide funding for system improvements and ensure that there are testing standards that are met. I think in each of those three instances, there were specific reasons uh, that things happened and went the wrong way, and it all could have been avoided. And 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 I I would add to that, Jeff. I think your points are very well taken, but I think for the general public who are listening to this, the the takeaway that they should have is this is why you can't take your drinking water for for granted and in that we have to invest. Um, And so when you look at that bill and you say, wait a minute, why am I paying this for water? (laughs) Compare it to your cable bill, compare it to your cell phone bill and other things first. And secondly, it it is we have to constantly... This is an drinking water, safe drinking water is an amazing breakthrough that really happened, you know, the latter part of the 19th century and into the 20th century. This is not a given. We've talked about if you go to Colonial Williamsburg, you'll hear about how, you know, our, our, our predecessors, people in colonial times had to, um, 
you know, they were drinking cider and beer and, you know, alcohol, and their kids were drinking it all the time. Why? Because the drinking water was not safe. You couldn't just take it out of the local stream. You'd get Giardia or some other, you know, horrific uh, disease. And so modern treatment of water is something that we take for granted because we've had it all of our lives, but it shouldn't be taken for granted. And we can talk about all the chemistry that, that Suffolk County does and the investment that it's made through people paying their water bills to be able to make sure that that water is safe. And yeah, just I, I always like to bring up uh, when I have an opportunity, you know, the, the cost of water, right? So on average, our customers pay annually, annually about $550 a year, right? And if I just paid my, my cable bill, which does not include all the add-on subscription services, right? Some of them, but not doesn't include Apple and Hulu, I guess, and everything else. But it was $325 for the month. That's my cable bill. My water bill, I think, this month was probably, you know, $75 or $100 because of the, the summer and irrigation and stuff like that. So I, I think that uh, for for the, the value that uh, the drinking water provides and ensuring that it meets all the standards, it's certainly um, – it's certainly, you know, money well spent. The other thing, though, let, let's just talk about invest, go back a step and talk about investing in the infrastructure. This is a historic time, right? This is, I think the Biden administration said this is water's moment. They have said repeatedly that uh, because of uh, the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was approved and because of different initiatives, certainly most uh, here in New York State for several years now, there is funding available. There's money available from the federal and state government. Uh, there's things, uh, there's member, elected official member item, direct funding requests that stopped for several years. So there's money available to make those uh, those infrastructure and drinking water quality improvements that were not there 10 years ago and 20 years ago. So this is an opportunity for suppliers across the country to seize the moment and to apply for grants and funding to do the infrastructure improvements that they need to do without necessarily directly increasing the cost of their customers at, at home. Yes, but <laughs> I would say, um, you know, I think customers have to understand that this is just starting a process and, and that the need and the backlog, you know, not maybe in Suffolk County, but in other places um, is huge. And so the investments that need to be made, um, the, the administration did, you know, $50 billion over five years. There are many estimates that show we need to continue at that level for more than five years. We need major investments in our infrastructure. If you think about, again, in Suffolk County, we have 6,000 miles worth of pipe, enough to go from here to Siberia. So... It is, it's a, you know, a huge investment and it's something that has to be maintained and we don't realize it, but the ground's always shifting. The, we, we have, you know, all sorts of imp- things that impact, you know, our infrastructure, not to mention <laughs> some of our, some of our uh, uh, pipes, um, I'm sure your listeners will be shocked to know, are still made out of wood, not necessarily in Suffolk County, but in other places. So, uh, I mean, we have to renew our infrastructure. And, and the other thing that you alluded to is we have new challenges coming along. 
our, you know, our colonial predecessors had giardia. But now, um, you know, in addition to microbial uh, contamination that can take place, which, you know, Suffolk County does a fabulous job of, of eradicating, um, you know, we have human impact, you know, uh, chemicals that have been introduced into the environment that you are now effectively removing for them. All of this requires upgrades in technology, and you guys have been thought leaders and technology leaders uh, with your AOP system. Um, I, 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 I was thrilled to learn that you have a patent for, for some of the treatment um, that you do. And you have a huge commitment to laboratory science here. Tens of millions of dollars are invested in equipment to assure your customers that they are getting absolutely pristine water, not just you know uh, week to week, but daily and, and almost to the moment. You, your water is being tested. It's safe. It's effective. It's not only being tested coming out of the ground, but it's being tested as it's being distributed to you. That's so. great. I, I really appreciate that and bringing attention to that. But, you know, we 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 say that often, and we try to tout you know our success and the initiatives and the um, being innovative and being leaders in the industry. But coming from someone from like you, Tom, who you know works with every large drinking water supplier across the country, uh, it means a lot. So I really appreciate you, you saying that. Um, and certainly, you know, uh, when you look at the the funds, the federal and state funds that the Suffolk County Water Authority that we've been awarded, a lot of those funds go to paying for the innovative treatment, paying for advanced oxidation to remove 1,4-dioxane. It goes to uh, purchase granular activated carbon systems to remove PFOS and PFO and other chemicals. So um, we're, we, we, we are at the forefront. We're proud of it. But hearing it from someone like you certainly means a lot. The uh, You know, across the, the country, though, you know, we've been hearing a lot, and our, certainly our listeners have been hearing about um, lead and copper, lead and copper rule revisions, and the uh, Environmental Protection Agency looking at uh, setting more stringent standards uh, to remove lead service lines and lead throughout uh, the drinking water system. The Biden administration also has been very supportive of setting very ambitious goals to make sure that they're removed. Uh, fortunately, here in Suffolk County, we have not detected a lot of lead services. So that's a positive. But yet this is an issue that's sort of capturing a lot of media attention. Uh, what are you hearing from, from your subscribers and members from across the country? Um, how are things going with trying to work with the EPA to implement this new proposal? It's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, we have, you know, it's estimated there are 11 million lead service lines across the country. Um, the, the other challenge is, is what we don't, I love that you're being proactive in thinking about this. Our members are being proactive in thinking about it. But the fact of the matter is most of these lead service lines are on private property. So it's, it's technically the individual customer who's, who is responsible for the, 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 you know, the line, the service line that brings the water from the water main coming down the middle of their street or, or wherever the, wherever it's coming from into their house. And what I find very proud to be a part of this industry is that people like you and others are, are saying, you know, we're not going to just sit back and say, we've done our part. There's no lead in our system. You are being proactive in terms of helping your customers get it out of their 
you know, so that well, there it's no key. You know, it's it's absolutely key. Um, we you know we've worked and been very aggressive uh, with not only doing the inventory of all of the service connections throughout our service territory, but then also we just entered sort of the the public engagement phase where residents can go to our website and they can self-identify by looking at tutorials and videos that we have on our website, uh, what kind of service you know they may have in their home to help us complete that, that inventory that's required by, by the EPA. Uh, so there's still a lot of work to do, but we're, we're certainly you know, well on our way. Um, and we're still waiting for some final clarification on on what the the rules will actually be. <laughs> so that that's it. It's been a little frustrating trying to get that sort of firmed up. But we we do at the very least know that there will be uh, an inventory, um, and uh, we're, we're moving along. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit early about public trust, right? Public trust in water and the quality of water that that folks are drinking. You know, elaborate on that a little bit. Talk to us about things that that we can do uh, to communicate that better with the public. Well, I think, you know, with (sighs) trust in water is critical, and it's tied to trust in government, which sadly, in, in recent years, a lot of us have lost trust in government. Some of it has been because of, um, you know, uh, government has made mistakes, our leaders have made mistakes, uh, but a lot of it is because, you know, we're not getting accurate news about what's going on. Everything's being sensationalized. And so um, what we see is there's been a lot of good academic research done on this topic is that sadly, people are, it, it extends even to water. And so people are looking at it and saying, well, this is this is water. It's being delivered by the government. I'm not going to trust it. But I will trust um, something that I can buy at a store or at a, you know, a distribution point or whatever. Tom, just uh, not, not to interrupt, but we've had, this may surprise you, we have had areas within our service territory here yeah. in Suffolk County where individuals are on private wells, right? Not connected to to any public supplier. There has been funding to pay them, to to pay for the cost to connect them to the water authority completely. Not a dime out of pocket expense, and they still refuse to join because of mistrust. Yeah. Isn't that just just blows your mind? Yes, yes. And then others who, who don't have a well are going out and buying their water. Um, I don't know what your calculation is, but I will tell you that, you know, for another uh, county in, in Virginia, um, they, they give out like a 12-ounce or a 16-ounce water bottle, and they say, for you can, for the cost of a, you know, for a $1.50 bottle of commercial water, um, you, could, you could fill this bottle every day for 10 years with our water. And so the cost is exorbitant. And and I think the public would be shocked to know that the regulatory, the regulations on commercial water, on bottled water, are less um, than, and the testing requirements are less than what they are for. It's funny. uh, So we are regulated, drinking water suppliers are regulated by the EPA. Bottled water companies are regulated by the FDA. 
right? right? And the regulations are different. Certainly, the EPA's regulations for public suppliers are much more stringent. In fact, uh, we, we tell this to folks, they, they honestly look at us, they, they do a double take. They don't believe it because they think when they're buying that, that water in a plastic you know, can from their local supermarket that they're getting higher quality water. The other thing, it's remarkable. The other thing that we see all the time is often that water in a plastic bottle bought from your supermarket is, is public water. It's drinking water from a distributor that gets the water from a place like the Suffolk County Water Authority uh, and then bottles it and then sells it at the supermarket. And everyone thinks it's from this, you know, stream up in the Colorado, uh, you know, the uh, Rocky Mountains or somewhere else. So, yeah, it's it's really it's it's quite fascinating. Yeah. And so so I think, you know, we need to and I think that it's important for people like me and, and Jeff, you're doing a great job here at this educational center that we're in. And I encourage our, our, uh, uh, our listeners to visit your education center or the education center of their local uh, drinking water agency and learn about, you know, the, the level of, of testing that gets done. And again, the, the, the high standards and quality that are being provided um, by your water utility. This is this is the pinnacle of government service for me. I mean, every day you're delivering, um, you know, high quality, a high quality good. You're working for the the health of of the public and monitoring the health of the public. And the other thing that we all take for granted is you maintain all of our our fire hydrants. So you're also responsible for a major part or a very visible part of our public safety. And so um, it's just so important. And that's why it's tragic when, when through lack of investment um, or in its generally lack of investment um, or, 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 you know, sometimes it can be other issues, but where we don't have, where a system like, Flint, Michigan fails. Um, poor, you know, political decisions are made, or or people who don't aren't experts and knowledgeable start grabbing the wheel and trying to steer the ship. Um, when that happens, and we have a catastrophe like that, that trust in water goes down for everybody, and so it's it's a hard it's hard work to build trust. It's easy to tear it down, and so I hope your listeners will see that and and learn and learn about their local water. Uh, we appreciate those comments very much. You know, when you look at, how do you see the, the future of the industry? You know, look through your, um, you know, take, take a look, take a step back, look to the future of the drinking water industry. We've talked about some of the challenges that we face. We've talked about uh, some of the regulatory issues. We've talked about uh, communicating with the public and making sure that they're getting, you know, truth, right? Um, but do, do, where do you see the industry going in the next several years? I think that, you know, for, for, the, for the general public, it probably isn't going to be, you're not going to see a whole lot, um, you know, change for you. But behind the scenes, I think you're going to see a lot. Again, as I indicated, our infrastructure is, in many cases, 20th century infrastructure that needs to be just the pipes and everything else and the plants all have to be renewed. So there's major investment that's going to have to take place. The other thing is, is that um, 
the innovation that you that this industry embraces means again more and more technology is going to be brought uh, to bear. As as you've talked about, uh, Jeff, earlier uh, off 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 microphone, um, you've you've automated all of your um, uh, uh, metering, and so you know there isn't somebody walking by reading a meter or. You don't have to fill out the card and send it in and say, this is how much water I've used. So, so constantly, I think we're going to see technology keep growing. I think we're going to see um, uh, the, 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 the benefits that Suffolk Water brings is that you're a big system and you have resources. And I think you'll see more smaller systems joining bigger systems like yours because of the expert and expertise that you have and the high level of service that you give. So I think you'll see that taking place. I think you'll see continued challenges from contaminants. We have new contaminants coming along all the time. We have the technologies to stay ahead of it. It's going to take investments to make sure that we, um, that we are, are uh, uh, you know, monitoring and, and keeping that water safe. And I think um, two other issues. The first is is going to be source water protection. We have to treat, as, as uh, your colleagues have pointed out, um, fresh water that we can use and, and drink is 1% of the earth's fresh water and or, of water. And so we have to treat it as the, the natural resource that it is and really take care of it and make sure we're protecting it from contamination. And then finally, climate resilience. We have, um, you know, challenges that are taking place. Wherever your view is on climate, we're seeing a lot of extreme th- events taking place. And we need to make sure that Suffolk County Water and other utilities are resilient because what the tipping point in Jackson, Mississippi was a climate event. They had a river that, that you know, had extreme amounts of wet weather. The, the river, you know, overflowed its bank and it compromised the, the sewage and then ultimately the drinking water facilities. Tom Dobbins serve, uh, serves as CEO of the Association of Metropolitan Water Agencies. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest today. Thanks, Jeff. See Thanks you real- for the work you're doing. Thank you. We'll see you real soon. What About Water is produced by Jeff Sabo, Theodore Aponte, and Dan Dubois. If you enjoyed What About Water, be sure to rate us and to leave a review. Help spread the word by telling a friend and by following the Suffolk County Water Authority on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Jeff Sabo.